0: So you have a 10 rate and your love overlanding. You have plans to do it big on the trees and some super glamping. One ideas, deep news and reviews, a podcast the first rate and here just for you. You don't have to think about it, join us and be
1: about it. Something interesting we want to hear about it, come on let's talk about it. Welcome to Waypoint Overland's Random Waypoints Podcast. Sponsored by Midland. Communication for every adventure. The industry leader in radio communication technology and innovation for over 50 years. Sponsored by MyMedic. Sponsored by Tembo Tusk. Sponsored by Shower Pouch. Sponsored by DeMoss Collective. Mission built and made for mobility. Sponsored by Brewtrack. Sponsored by Hard Impact Designs. Always remember, the opinion you follow should
2: be your own. Just consider the things stated here to be a second opinion from a
1: complete stranger online.
2: What's up everybody?
0: Hi, how you doing?
1: Good to be back. Phil, I've been off for a couple of weeks, so good to be back on the podcast.
2: Welcome back, bro. Well, let I want to start off with some somber uh news today. You know, we're recording this on 9-11, and I just wanted to address that a little bit uh respect to all of the people who worked uh, during that time, the police department, the New York department, and everybody who lost their lives or is being affected by it, even now, there are some people whose health are still being affected by it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, does anybody know what the death toll is for Morocco? It's uh,
1: Last I checked, it was over 2,500. Uh, 25- I think they were saying it could go to 4,000. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's a terrible situation. It's interesting uh, that you uh, not, not to compare the two things together, but I have a lot of history with uh, Morocco. I've been over there, you know, eight or nine times. I think uh, I spent a lot of time actually in Marrakesh in that area in the Atlas mountains where the, uh, the epicenter of that was, but and ironically, uh, I was also supposed to go on my honeymoon to Morocco. Um, I got married uh, eleven days after nine eleven, and the honeymoon got actually got paid for. And um, obviously, with uh, you know the events in New York City and and uh, and, and elsewhere uh we ended up not uh not able to travel to morocco for for that so that ne- that never happened although we did pay for it <laughs> um but uh so so it's interesting that, it, that those two things are are happened to be today but uh and 9 uh, 911 yeah i mean thoughts are obviously with everybody out there i personally know a couple people that were uh affected in fact one of my friends that was a uh old land rover buddy uh you know passed mm-hmm. away in the trade in the trade center um Uh, on 9-11. So it's uh it's definitely something that's memorable for me and uh for multiple reasons. Uh and the Morocco thing as well is is uh is is just a huge thing. I can understand like you were talking about Marrakesh, um you know the modern section of the city is largely unaffected, but that just goes to show you our building standards have improved so much because most of the the deaths Mm -hmm. and destruction have occurred in the old stuff, right? It's the, it's the old buildings. In fact, some of them are thousands of years old that have, have collapsed, you know.
0: What a shame and yeah. loss of life and, and loss of history, you know, with those ancient structures. What a shame.
1: Yeah, I was looking at the news this morning and one of the mosques in the um, the main square uh, in the, by the Medina in downtown Marrakesh there uh, collapsed or at least the, the top of it collapsed. And I remember, I can't tell you how many times I sat outside that building and sat because they they had little vendors in the square and you get these great orange juice. They fresh squeeze in here, drink the orange juice. And I sat in front of that mosque. I can't tell you how many times.
2: Wow. I brought these two up together because one, obviously today is the anniversary of 9-11. And we just recently had the Morocco earthquake. And the numbers... And the deaths are very similar. So mm-hmm. um, I wanted to, because uh, I think it's 2,900 for September 11th, some n- number like that. And it's around 2,800 currently
0: mm-hmm.
2: or Morocco. And mm-hmm. it just made me think if you, some people kind of mm-hmm. uh, minimized what 9-11 was. And this kind of gives you more an idea of, of that number. I mean, that's that's the death of a a powerful earthquake. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a big number. The um, Morocco earthquake was a 6.8 earthquake, and it was the biggest mm-hmm. one in 120 years. So mm-hmm. these are around the same casualties. So 9-11 is not some little minor thing that happened. No. Me and my wife moved to New York the year after 9-11. Uh, it was very hard to live in. We we pretty much had to do background checks. Uh, New New Jersey, New York, and the surrounding area. You couldn't get an apartment or anything like that unless you, you had your stuff together. And I mean, really had your stuff together. Um,
1: yeah, it was, it was it's definitely, and that went up. By the way, Phil, that was a, for a long time, because it's like weird. I mean, being here, living in Connecticut, uh, obviously we're kind of a suburb of New York City. Like, I don't, I barely know anybody that wasn't affected by it in some way or knew somebody that was working in one of the buildings or or just around here. In fact, you know, and obviously, some one of the flights or two of them came when it came from Boston, so it was like very northeast based, anyways. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I know that um one of our aunt who lives in New York, she's a nun in the area. She actually volunteered her time along with the other sisters uh, from St. Patrick's Cathedral to serve meals to um, all the first responders who were working at ground zero.
1: Yeah.
0: And she ended up having some health issues as a result too, because she was in the thick of it.
1: A lot of people did. I mean, yeah. like Phil mm-hmm. said still do. There's there's a, there's so many people were affected because yeah, I think about it's like one of the densest populated places um, mm-hmm. in Manhattan and all those people that even that were not, you know, necessarily injured. Were, I mean, it was like you couldn't even see it was so it was so dusty and dark and uh, for a long time. Yeah.
2: And yeah. like I said, I moved there the, the year after. And so I had an opportunity. They were still in the cleaning phase mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, at that point. And. That's probably one of the most shocking, disturbing things that I that I ever saw. It um, mm-hmm. it doesn't come across as real, or at least it didn't come across as real to me. It almost <laughs> looked like a um, like a movie set. Mm-hmm. It 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 doesn't look well. You know what? When they used to show the video, it don't look real. It looks like something I've seen a million times in a movie. It's it's just weird. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Sad so, yeah, is that. Uh, actually happened in my lifetime and either one seem real is that like watching the the buildings actually collapse and the tsunami in japan if you watch the water coming in into that town that that looks like a movie all day long that's a science fiction movie so mm-hmm. those two events were just crazy mm-hmm.
2: a tsunami is is one of my biggest fears um uh... I, I told you one of them being, being submersed underwater, being somewhere, uh, burning, which a lot of people endured in nine 11, uh, that, that mm-hmm. thing melted down. It didn't burn. It melted. So, yeah. wow. Well, I don't want the whole thing to be about this. I just wanted to mention it since we were recording on nine eleven. I just, I wouldn't have felt comfortable not bringing it up, not mentioning it. Um, Fortunately, I don't have anybody who passed away from it, but um, I'm a proud American.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, question for you, Candy.
0: Yeah.
2: We've already talked about this offline. Um, I got an email about last week's podcast when we were mm-hmm. talking, and you mentioned how you flag places. Mm-hmm. They wanted to know how does she flag places and where, so I'm. Um, I think they mean like what kind of app or whatever, or mm-hmm. where, where are you flagging and what is this flag thing you do?
0: So whenever, whenever I say that I flag things, um, I'll see things come up across my social media, um, whether that's Facebook, Instagram. Um, that's primarily what I like using social media for is, is um, Getting ideas of cool places to go and and interesting things to see. So um, there are certain pages that I follow intentionally for that. Um, I use travel and leisure, um, the Atlas Obscura, uh, National Archaeology is a really good one that not a lot of people know about. Nat Geo, National Park Service. And if I'm going somewhere specific or want to go to a specific location, I visit their um, the official visitors bureau sites. And they'll typically show photos and give information about really great spots. So if I if I see a place, it'll come up on my feed. I'll do a little research about it. Oh, that looks cool. What I do, I so I'm using I'm using an iPhone. I use Google Maps. You get on, you look up, you look up whatever it is, the cool thing you want to see, and you'll you'll see the bar across the top where it's directions. One of them is save. So I push the save button it pops up and it'll it'll come up with it's literally a little green flag you have options there's a flag there's a star there's a heart and then you can create your own custom list if you want to so i put a little i put the uh want to go and then it gives you the opportunity to um to to leave a description of whatever it is so it'll flat it'll so whenever you close that out and you push done now on your google map you have a flag so if I'm planning a trip, I, and I've and i got little flags posted all over the world, quite literally all over the world. So if I'm going to be in a specific area, oh, I have a flag there. What was that flag for? OK, and I look it up and but it's always there for me. So that's that's what I mean by I flag a location. That's how I do it electronically. And it helps me build my trips. It helps me with where I want to go and what I want to see, because if there's a really cool thing. um that uh, that I want to go see okay well I want to do this I actually want to spend time there to see this specific thing what camping is around there what other trails are around there what other hikes are around there and my 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 trips just kind of build based on that one single location mm-hmm.
2: so about the flags I use the flags too mm-hmm. I want to ask you about your ratio this is my personal question because okay. You said you have flags all around the world, and I do too. But mm-hmm. for me, if you get a, a green flag, that is something very, very... I don't use a lot of green flags. I use use mostly the stars and the hearts uh, mm-hmm. for most things. If it's a flag, that's a big deal that you earned that flag. So, so
0: for me, it, it's kind of... It's a little bit different. Um, I use the flags as... This is some place I want to go. Once I experience it, then I kind of rate it myself. And once I go, I do okay. This is cool. I'd like to tell people about it, so I put a star. If mm-hmm. I really liked it and I want to come back, I put a heart. Mm-hmm. If I didn't like it and it was just kind of like a waste of my time, the flag goes. So I have a little system.
2: <laughs> yeah, How, do you use Google, uh, Mike?
1: Uh, my system is identical to Candy's. <laughs> <laughs> I use an iPhone. I use Google, and I do the same system. the The flag is like the things I, I I probably haven't actually been to, or some of them maybe I've been around, and then it advances all the way up to the uh, the heart and the and the star. So I I get, same, I get the same system. Pretty simple. I have more 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 things in places that I have targeted. Meaning, like, if I'm thinking about doing the Alaska Highway or a Pan American or some, you know, I've I've gone ahead and done a lot of stuff, and obviously places I've already traveled is a lot. So you know, I, I don't probably have as nearly as many flags. Say in Europe, as an example, just because you know I've, I've traveled around there a lot, but I, I just you know I've been to most of it. So I really I probably have, don't have as many things there.
2: So with the flags for me, I'm almost like you guys, but. Like I said, it's a big deal if you get a flag. So, like, like you mentioned, Pan, the Pan American. I have all of the temples; those are flags. Mm-hmm. But then, like for restaurants, it's just that's a place I want to go. They don't get a flag.
1: So, what do they get? How do you, how do you know? How do you keep it in your? So I drive through. I give I give know, them a I, through,
2: I, I give them a star, and then okay. you can you can actually create um, saves. Yeah, you're right. Cause like, Mm -hmm. uh, I have Colorado campsites. I have, I have a campsites for, um, different States Mm
1: -hmm.
2: in different countries. So I do it like that. And then you can just shift to one of those categories and it'll populate only those. But my issue now is I have so many stars and hearts and flags and boxes and and everything all over that I, when my, uh, map isn't spread out enough, it's just a bunch of dots. I can't even see the map.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sure. So
2: that's a problem.
1: Because I started putting in like KOAs and I put in like uh, Harvest Host things and I put in, you know, I'll, I'll add stuff, particularly if I stay at them and I know, oh, I like this place is okay. It's not mm-hmm. got some sketchy bathroom or you know whatever's going on. This one's mm-hmm. in. So
2: mm-hmm. do you guys tag your locations anywhere other than uh, Google?
0: Um, occasionally
1: I use Gaia. I like Gaia a lot. Yeah, I have
2: Gaia too. Same here. Mm -hmm. If it makes it to Google and Gaia, that's a big deal. That's a big deal place. (laughs) So this brings us, this is a great segue to the segment that I want to call the power of Google for the overlander. And me and you, Mike, we've kind of talked about this a little bit when we've discussed how a lot of modern technology has made travel just so much better for people who are out there doing it. And one of the major things, when anybody's ever asking me what's a what's a modern day convenience that's just changed your whole world when it comes to traveling, to me, it's Google. And this is a quote directly from Google. Google's mission is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. And I think they're doing a hell of a job doing that.
1: Well, if you, I don't know if you remember the older days where like there was multiple different, I'll call it different search engines or whatever. You had Google, you had Yahoo, you had, I mean, some of them, I guess they're probably still around. I mean, really now it's Google. Like if you're not using Google, if you're using some other thing, I'm not really sure why. <laughs> right. <laughs> and any interactivity between that and, And now with Starlink and different, uh, you know, better abilities to get online from anywhere, it's a no brainer, right?
2: Correct. And like I said, this is the power of Google for the overlander. So there's a lot of applications under the Google brand. But in my opinion, I've come up with uh, six of their apps that I feel like the majority of us use consistently when it comes to our, our travel. And we're going to discuss each one after I list them. I have a search. <laughs> I think the world couldn't function for two days. If search were to be shut down. The <laughs> up, the next one I have is keep, which is a note taking uh, app. I have maps. I have the news. And I have YouTube. Now I started with search, and pretty much every single trip that I've taken, at least in the last decade, has started off with a Google search.
1: Yeah, I and, think search is number one. For me, the search is number one, YouTube's number two. And
2: a great thing about because I I don't want to just talk about this. I want maybe people who are not using these things enough to, to really realize you need to dig into them. Like um, if you, if you are here and you're an overlander, you're a nomad and you're crossing borders, unless you're fluent in that language, you're going to have some obstacles. Mm -hmm. And right from the search bar, you can get translations And you can either type them in, you can you can take your phone and put it up to the person and let them talk into it. And Mm -hmm. it'll bring right back uh, a translation in whatever you want it to be. Uh, Excellent dictionary. uh, Also, for different languages, maybe uh, synonyms and antonyms come more into play in other languages than they even do in America. It can be very other languages can be very nuanced. So that's a great thing about uh, search.
1: I use Google translate a lot. I translate all of my videos that go onto YouTube. So I, I'll put it in my, so YouTube gives you an algorithm or not an algorithm, but they give you stats. So I can see the top 10 languages that my videos are watched in. So I train every video I upload to YouTube, I translate those 10 languages. So, um, you know, and it, it varies a little bit, but obviously English, Spanish, French, are, are there but you'd be surprised i, I do th- uh, Thai tie and um uh was, was a couple other ones uh i can't remember what they all are but th- but there's like 10 of them that i notice that i get a significant amount of following from so i use to translate a lot as i do um you know when you're just traveling around no matter where you are particularly like for me down in baja i use it a number of times um but once again. It's the connectivity. You have, you have to have the combination of the of the Google and the access to the web. So, I mean, that's for that for that part of it. I mean, yes, you can offload maps is another story because you can download offline maps from Google. Um, those work good.
2: And another thing, great from the search bar for me is the time and the weather. You know, I'm constantly doing Zoom calls. Uh, I'm constantly communicating in some form or fashion with people uh, in in different time zones, whether they're within the states or out the country. and Like, like right now. <laughs> exactly. And that helps me so much in scheduling things because I may be traveling from time zone to time zone. So I don't have to. Recalculate where I'm at and calculate. It just can be become a a great big mess. I I used to miss calls sometimes because I got my calculation wrong. I for, I forgot sometimes that I had moved where I'm at too, which can make a difference. Um, and then if you're conducting business on the road, it'll definitely come into play. Another uh, another thing is. And I use this all the time. I use it for cooking too. From the search bar, you can use it for for conversions, which come into play big deal, especially crossing crossing borders. Uh, Especially
1: for us crazy Americans, who are the only country like in the world that use our system that we use, (laughs) and even we don't. (laughs) Right,
2: because a lot of times we will have calculated something in miles and not converted it to kilometers, and the the larger amount of miles, the bigger that difference is going to be in kilometers. So that could be a difference in hours and driving, planning, things like right. that. Uh it's a bunch of different conversions. Uh kilowatts to amperes for your for your
0: solar. You what about filling on? up gas?
1: How many liters does your tank hold, right? right. <laughs> Not right. too many people know that. How many liters <laughs> does it cost per liter? It's like what? hmm <laughs> Yep.
2: And everything I've I've basically named, I can do all of that right from the search bar. You can put calculations in, you know, what is what is 12 kilowatts to blah blah blah, and it'll just give you the answer. Mm-hmm. Another thing uh is keep. Do you guys use keep or do you use some other note taking uh I, I use, use notes that, on my that, iPhone? So do I. I Damn.
0: use notes.
2: That's what and, came and, with it. So yeah, those are great. The reason why I switched over to keep is because it's integrated into all these other things. Mm-hmm. Like um, I can click right into different uh YouTubes, I can search from from it. Uh there's just so many things. I would advise you to look into it. I have a question. Do you guys use Google Maps or do you use Apple Maps?
0: I use
1: Google, Google Maps. Yeah, me too. I Apple Terrible. I think it's awful.
0: Yeah. I tried for years. I can't get into it.
1: So
2: I asked that because it's, it'll, I think if you look into Keith, it'll be the same kind of thing where you're like, Oh, this is, this is way more better. And it, and it, you're already using a bunch of Google stuff and you'll find that the way they integrate and work is so well. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
2: the, the next one that I had was maps. And I love maps. Mm-hmm. I've found camp spots uh, through through maps. I do basically all my planning first through maps.
0: Mm, not me. I'm still paper maps, girl. And I start with a big fat paper map and then I go to the technology. You can't beat a good paper map because we're all, all those right. places where you don't have connectivity um, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you find yourself. Oh shoot! I did not know that I didn't have connection here. Now I can't download download the offline. You know, the offline map. It has its place for sure. But I start with a good old fashioned paper map, look it over real well, and then move to the technology. And that's where it helps me. And it's it's invaluable for sure.
1: Sometimes you can like I take a paper map as well. First of all, they're kind of romantic, and they, and you kind of lay it out. And it gives you like a, a, I don't know what it is about looking at a map for me, but it gives you like a feeling. And you Mm -hmm. can explore more when you got it laying out funny, you can flip pages to the next section or whatever. And for me, it's more real than it is looking at it on a computer. So I
0: I use a highlighter on mine, too.
1: (laughs) I I start with the paper map as well. Mm
2: -hmm. So I do everything you guys do except the paper map is secondary me doing it usually mm-hmm. i i've searched something i'm curious about it and i immediately click into the map while i'm right there on the computer so it's always the first uh mm-hmm. and then if it's like oh i want to go there or, oh i want to know more or oh i'm going to actually plan a trip there then i pull out a paper uh map and then i'll have i have a bunch of different color um highlighters And I'll highlight trails in yellow. I'll highlight the road in pink. And I have a bunch of those little. um, I I can't think of the name of them, but like the little. Tabs.
0: Yeah, the tabs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And
2: I, I stick them all over the map and I label them it It looks real stupid and nerdy, but I enjoy it, and that's the part where I agree with mike it, it It's just something cool and old school. I feel like a little boy looking for treasure. I know it sounds corny. I'm
0: actually, I'm actually surprised at how many people can't read a map these days. Oh, that surprises me. They rely very heavily on their GPS, and that's a mistake. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I totally agree, boy. GPS is almost guaranteed to take you the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Or or it takes you a way. It's just generally not the best way. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I've had this argument with a lot of people. You know, we usually are saying, yeah, you should at least have paper maps because when your GPS fails, blah, 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 blah. And the retort I always get is, I've never had uh, my GPS not get satellites, but my retort to that is then you've never been anywhere.
1: (laughs) I mean, every time you go down some Canyon or something and you're going along, you're not getting, you're not getting satellite. No way.
2: I've had, I've had, I don't want to use their name, but I've had a, we've mentioned a very popular (laughs) mapping company that everybody uses. I've had it literally say I haven't moved for like 15 minutes and I've been on the trail just going and going. And then all of a sudden click and it goes like 10 miles up on the map. (laughs) Those who use that app will probably know exactly what I'm talking about, but I love the app too much to, to say the only negative thing about them, you know? So for me maps, changed my life because it used to be when i was younger i would have my main plan on how i'm traveling right and then i may go off of it a little bit but just a little bit cuz i wanted to feel comfortable that i could get back onto whatever it was my whether it was a main highway or a main trail or whatever it is i will go one time two times three times four times however many times Away from the actual route, and not be concerned about it because I know I can get back to it.
1: Well, because just, it means, it, unlike a paper map, is you can zoom in on stuff like Google Earth, and you can look at, it. you can see like, well, this is like super tree covered, or this is this, or this, you know. I mean, you can you can tell what kind of road it is usually by zooming in on stuff. Particularly, a lot has street view. So you know, even 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 that I I found Street View on dirt roads and stuff before. So like you can really get a good sense of where you're going.
2: Oh, bro, the 3D, yeah, is great for for the streets. But I also I'm assuming it's the same thing. Maybe it's called something else. But you can like like I was looking out for a trip that I'm going to take. In the Switzerland part, it took me all through, a, through this castle. I was literally able to, like, click and then go up to the next floor and then go out the exit. And then I <laughs> saw a restaurant. I was literally able to go all through the restaurant behind the bar. You can practically take these trips on yeah. Google Maps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I feel so comfortable now when I go places if because I feel like I've all, already been there. I, I know what it looks like.
1: Yep. Yeah. Knowledge is key.
2: Mm -hmm. I know you guys probably going to list off a bunch of other news sources, but I like to use Google news. Do you guys ever use Google news?
0: Um, I use it in conjunction with uh, BBC. I like BBC news a lot. I read a lot of that. And then uh, motor biscuits, motor trends, all of those. Uh, And then I have very specific places where I like to get the news from, which is a lot of the times places I'm planning to travel and following their news in addition to their weather and all that.
2: The things that you named are the main reason why I like Google news, because I can tell it to prioritize what type of subjects I want. And then I can give it specific places that I want it to go. Mm -hmm. So if, if I'm a fan of travel and leisure, it will try to give me travel and leisure, no matter what the subject.
1: And yeah, I'm on Candy's team today. My my, no, my number one source of news is BBC. I okay. find it seems to be the least biased with the most amount of news. Exactly. And it's worldwide focused because you can click on Africa, you can click on Asia, you can click on South America, you can do whatever. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, our, our domestic, uh, I'm not even going to mention names because I hate them both, really. Um, there, there. You can't get news out of that at all. And if you want to know oh, what's in Morocco, forget it. Morocco doesn't even exist.
2: I'm a BBC fan beyond just the news. I think they do excellent documentaries. Uh, I lo- I love their. They actually have a travel uh department or whatever. They yes, do they do awesome yeah. stuff about travel. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So across the board, I'm a fan of BBC. Mm-hmm. I even like. I even they have um something similar to like a PBS that um, sometimes I catch it on YouTube and I, I love the shows that they have on there. So I'm a big BBC fan. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you heard their live uh, ra- radio feed?
2: No. Yeah.
0: yeah. They have a separate app. Where
2: do you hear it from? Oh, on an the app. They
0: have a separate app. Mm hmm. So if you get on there and you're you're you know you're just driving along and you want to hear you know the latest and greatest from bbc news um just you know hit it up on your bluetooth
2: so i mean I would say. Is, the app, uh, is the app bbc yeah okay i'm downloading it right now <laughs> and the last thing that i wanted to mention about google was the da, 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 youtube
0: youtube's great
2: What does that have to do with travel and nomads and overlanding? I think a lot.
0: So whenever I was planning my big, my, my first big overlanding trip um, back in 2018. So now it sounds, it sounds like it was forever ago, but I was going to Alaska and there was not, believe it or not, with all this information, there was not a lot of information available. Um, So even whenever you just, you Googled things in, I just I wonder if that had to do with connectivity in the areas where I was going to. And that's why there was maybe a lack of information. So I got on YouTube and I started doing a bunch of research that way. And that was really the first time that I utilized YouTube. In fact, I was never even I was never even subscribed to YouTube until then. So um, I found some really great channels that had some really great information. And that helped me plan a lot of my trip whenever I was going through Canada for the first time and up into Alaska. So, yeah, for travel, it's wonderful because you get you get basically a ground level perspective from people who have been there and done it. And you see their personal uh, videos and photos from the times that they were there.
1: And it's visual. So you can make your own judgment. too. I mean, you, just, you can decide what you want to you know.
2: And for overlanders, it covers every aspect of it. You may mm-hmm. want to buy a, a, a big military truck and travel around the world. There'll be some crazy guy building some big orange <laughs> truck just like yours, showing you everything about how he made it. You yep. know, yes. may you, you may want to travel around in a jeep. There may be some crazy girl traveling around in a big green jeep, <laughs> and they'll tell you things that you're not going to hear if you listen to uh, a salesman or a manufacturer or a vendor.
1: You or know. They'll, Or even the local chamber or the local tourist Mm agency. Obviously, I agree. Right?
2: Yeah. And and we're all looking for the things that aren't on the uh, travel bureau's list. We're we're looking we're looking for the road. Let's travel. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, I am ashamed at how addicted I am to YouTube. Uh, I spend far more time on it than I will ever admit to.
1: You know, it's the only social media look at over the last 10 years that actually is growing uh, consistently. And they they were around 10 years ago and they were very strong, and they're around today, and they're very strong. Not true of any of the other ones: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you, you name it, they've all had their ups, downs, and, you know, either they're, right now they're either going down or, they're, or you know, TikTok and things that are newer are going up, but YouTube's pretty consistent.
2: Well, YouTube has the advantage of its integration with all those other YouTube, app, I mean, uh, Google apps, and it's the algorithm.
1: Yep. And it's not age-dependent. It doesn't matter. Like the kids will use it as, as just as much as the you know the, the old folks. So it's, well, it's kids not- are
0: using it during for schoolwork sometimes. That's how they were doing school remotely during COVID.
1: Yep.
2: I have learned how to do. Uh, what is it? I can't even think of the name of it. A dual battery. I installed my dual batteries from a YouTube video. I have done all kinds of work on my vehicle and other things, watching a YouTube mm-hmm. video.
0: Yep. Yeah, anytime, anytime we want to do something sketchy, we check YouTube to get a bunch of information about it, and then we proceed accordingly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> got my phone with me, and I'm on, I'm on there, and I'm, I got the YouTube video. I keep pausing it while I'm doing it. Like, yeah. so I'm, I'm doing it right. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have literally cut and drilled into vehicles off of what I saw on YouTube yep. with no experience. Yep. So I think that's enough about that. I just wanted uh, to cover the power of Google for Overlanders, and I think we did a good job of that, guys. Um, so I sent both of you. Mike probably hasn't
1: looked at it. I love one. I'm going to tell you before we even get talking about it. One is ridiculous. And the other one, I don't even know if it's coming to America. But that's, so, let's,
2: so you choose. What's the ridiculous one? Toyota. OK, so t- what about it? I, I wouldn't buy that. All right. So hopefully right now people are looking at several pictures and video of the Toyota Century. So you—it sounds like you don't like it.
1: It's not that I don't like it. I mean, it's over the top, uh, and 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 I, I can't. I, 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 who,
2: who's the clientele for that? Oh, uh, sheiks, kings, emperors, rappers.
0: I don't see. I don't see those people rolling around in a Toyota. Me neither. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, all those things I said, but but Japanese people.
1: Uh huh. I still, okay. I I still think they're rolling around in Range Rovers and Bugatti's and Lamborghinis and, uh, you know, come on. You are absolutely right.
0: the first thing that stood out to me was I'm paying 170 grand is the starting point for a Toyota. So you're getting a three-year, 36,000-mile bumper-bumper warranty on $170,000. I think that I'm going to be looking at the next upgrade just for the warranty for the four-year $50,000, okay? Bumper-bumper, <laughs> bumper <laughs> bumper Alone,
1: Hello. <laughs> I look at that, I go, first of all, Toyota has, a, has an upscale brand. So why would they release it as a Toyota anyways? I don't even understand. Okay. The
0: TX-550H is the Lexus version, from what I
1: understood. So there is a Lexus version.
2: Oh, there's a Lexus version. That's crazy.
0: Well, that's what I thought I read in the article.
2: Oh, I believe you. Uh, But the, the Toyota Century used to be a car. It was yeah. the it was the equivalent. It was like their version of a Maybach or something like that.
1: I remember that. I do remember that car. You're right. It was the equivalent of the Mercedes Maybach.
2: And it's supposed to be in in, in um like memoriam or celebration of either the the founder or his son or something like
1: that. The only guy that's gonna buy that thing, I'm telling you right now, is the is the same crazy crackpot that's on a train heading to Russia from North Korea. Now he's gonna get one of these. Right. And he's going to go in a military parade with a bunch of missiles and he's going to be in the front of it. riding as in his Toyota sanctuary. That's who's going to buy this.
2: If they bring that to America <laughs> and it pops up in a few rappers videos and a boxer and a baseball player are driving around in it, it will it will be the hot new vehicle because nobody has it. I, you'll I you'll see Brian. it riding around in Las Vegas.
0: Well, I will tell you that the design features that thing is dripping in glamour. It is—it's a sexy-looking vehicle. Okay, I like the lines on it. It is good-looking, and let me tell you, the interior shots are pretty good. It's probably—if I was going to convert it to an overlanding vehicle, it's probably one of the few I wouldn't rip the back seats out of. Okay, because right. those suckers. Fade down, did you see that? Yes. I have a pillow and a banky, and I'd be snoozing.
1: Yep, it's it's an nice. ass
2: if I buy that, somebody, I'm going to have somebody else and I'm going to have a secondary vehicle following me, you know. Your chase my,
1: vehicle? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Phil's chase vehicle? If
1: you're going to buy one, you might as well buy two. <laughs> <laughs> my <vehicle>. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. That thing is, I, you yeah, know, Phil, <laughs> Phil had no confidence in Mike looking at that. I looked at that. I was at <laughs> oh, I don't know.
2: I would absolutely take one if they gave me one.
1: But, Who uh, <laughs> Who wants
2: 170. I can buy three of my favorite vehicles and totally kit them out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
2: So that was the one that you thought was outrageous. And I know the one that's not coming to America. So before you talk about it I just Ford has revealed their next generation Ford Nugget camper van which they've never brought to America so people are probably wondering what that is hopefully I have taken the time to uh put some video up of it you guys have had an opportunity to look at the video what do you think of the all
0: new Nugget camper I think there's a huge market for it for sure um the Nugget camper has a very big market for it people are looking for these tiny little homes on wheels and you know, if they don't necessarily get a Jeep, then, you know, this, the, the, the Ford Transit Connect does have a lot of space in it. In fact, Ursa Minor does a version of it as well.
1: Yeah. 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 That I can see. I don't think they're going to bring it to the States. I, I don't know. That I, That's my bet, but um, I could see it being popular. The only, the only thing I would say in the States is that it's, I, I think most of these brands have shied away from the little things like that because, because. You know, I think they think that the people in the States want something taller. You know, that's why the transit, as an example, the transit van is super popular as a van conversion here because of the height. And. The yep.
2: Well, I think if they brought it to America and they put it at the right dollar amount,
1: mm-hmm. they'd fly
2: off the shelves. Yeah. And nobody would care about the size. There are a lot of people who. I just want something to camp in and I don't want to spend mm-hmm. a million dollars for it. And, Especially
0: if you're a small family with small kids or something like that. I can see it being very popular among um, young families.
2: I, I could see a a, a young lady, her uh, last two years of school, working on a uh, master's, living remote, I could see uh, a couple doing a Pan Am on that. I could see a full range of things in that vehicle.
1: Yep. yeah, I agree.
2: I'm not just thinking of nomads. That that's a that's a solution to a lot of the people who are starting to use uh, mobile life as a home. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. That
2: uh, because it has everything. You don't need anything. The only thing I saw missing was a a toilet, and that's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, during my research of the Ford Nugget, they mentioned a 5G modem hotspot being standard. Did you notice that?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I got a question for you guys. Do you see Starlink or some version of it being common in these type of vehicles in the near future? Because that's the first thought that I had.
1: Yep.
0: The first thing going into our new build, whenever it comes back, because it'll be back in a couple of weeks, is it's getting a Starlink.
1: So, I heard absolutely. put Starlink, which makes sense, obviously, that they're uh, they're going to be putting Starlink's standard in all the um, Teslas. Oh, yeah.
0: I've been waiting awesome. for that. Awesome. That only makes sense.
2: But I I foresee Starlink being like a what was that thing in in um, years ago when you'd buy a GM car, you'd hit oh. the butt. What was it? Star. Yes. On star. (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 I feel like they're going to integrate it into something like that. And it'll be that basic of a thing in vehicles in the near future. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, I had one more thing I wanted to cover.
0: So did you know that the nugget has a couple of competitors?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what are their competitors?
0: So, Um, The uh, Mercedes-Metris platform has always been big competition. However, as of 2023, Mercedes is discontinuing that from the lineup.
1: Ooh. Yeah. I know that. uh, Is it Fiat or or, uh, one of the Italian? I thought it was Italian. Maybe French.
0: So it's being built on a Ram ProMaster and the company is called wingham.com and it is it is made by Fiat and it is here in the United States now, the 17 foot version.
1: Yeah.
0: So but it is a full class B motorhome is what it is. So it's got a wet bathroom. It's got a kitchen. It's got everything. Um, and the 17 foot version is the one that they brought to the United States. In fact, I just read that article three days ago. Um, so it's here and it's available.
1: Yep.
2: So our last news item, guys, is uh, the grizzly bear. We discussed this, me and you, Candy, on one of the shows. The grizzly bear (laughs) that killed the woman near West Yellowstone in July? Yeah. Well, the bear was euthanized after breaking into a home. (laughs) Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. They confirmed last week, Wednesday, that a grizzly bear was euthanized on Saturday, September 2nd. And she was a female and she had a, uh, a cub. So that's a sad part of that. That's Um, sad. And, uh, they did a genetic analysis and other identifying factors to confirm that the bear was definitely the one that attacked the lady July
1: 22nd. Yep. Yeah. I saw that.
2: (laughs) So I I hate hearing stuff like that. (laughs) Now, a little fun guys. You know, I get uh there, I get a lot of questions, but sometimes I have my own questions. <laughs> Uh-oh. We're going to answer We're going to answer one of the oldest questions in overlanding. We're going to mm-hmm. settle it today. Okay? Oh boy. What is the perfect temperature for beer?
1: <laughs> okay. first off it depends on what kind of beer oh
0: boy okay
1: so are we talking like uh, uh, an irish stout or are we talking about an ipa or are we talking about a Pacifico? i mean it depends i forgot
2: your history when i uh brought this up <laughs> well craftbeer.com says that american stouts should be served at 50 to 55 degrees American pale ales a bit cooler from 45 to 55 degrees Mm -hmm. and American lagers taste best at a chilly 40 to 45 degrees so our professional sommelier here uh does that sound about right to you
1: yeah, well, so lager beers you want the coldest and uh, well, let's let's just give it in a in a in a layman's terms. I mean, how do I say this nicely? But this is our podcast. we can say whatever. I mean, generally loggers, <laughs> particularly in America, are i'm gonna call lower end beers, crappy beers. and of course, you want it cold because you don't want to taste that garbage, but oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, Oh, because they're you know, adjuncts, right? So they're they're made with a lot of rice. They're made with all sorts of stuff that goes into these beers that make it cheap, cheap to make, um, you know, having said that, you know, if you take your big brewers like, you know, Miller and, and uh, you know, Anheuser-Busch and whatnot, they're consistent as anything. So they have the best consistency in the business, their beer from one to another to a different place is always going to be very consistent. It's one of the reasons that people gravitate to their favorite beer, because it always tastes the same. The craft beer market has struggled with that from the beginning uh, where, you know, a lot of times they, they they really struggle with making the same beer taste the same twice. And that's a problem, right? Yes. Well, but temperature wise, yeah. Well, lagers are the way that they're fermented anyways. You know, it's a different process than an ale. So, you know, it's bottom for versus top for many yeasts and whatnot. So it's a little different. But, but yes, that lager should be colder. A stout should be warmer.
2: Well, I've been to Germany a couple of times and had beer and I didn't have a temperature gauge with me or anything. But I could swear the beer was warmer than any of these numbers that they have written for what beer should be. So speak on that. Was I assuming it was warmer?
1: Uh, oh, I mean, where were you at? Where are you at? Like I've been in Germany for like uh, October. Luxembourg. It's all over the place <laughs> because Luxembourg. I mean, yeah. No, uh, well, Americans do like okay. Americans in general like their uh, beverages colder, not just beer, but they, but they, but they do. So it's like when you go to I'll give you an example of this. When you go to uh, Red Robin or you go to Chili's or one of those places, you know, they want to give you the beer in a frosted glass. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a that's a no, no, like frosted glass. But that's an American thing. You're not going to find anywhere else in the world.
2: So I went to a brewery and asked the head brewer, what is the perfect temperature for beers? And I want to give you his answer. So we, I get, I gave you like a professional institute what they say their their numbers, but I liked his answer a lot better. Okay. Um, he said first he said nobody likes cold ice cream.
1: That's right, you can't taste it,
2: and I'm like, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> what are you talking about? Then he explained By that, okay.
1: okay, that's why we don't like uh, dipping dots, which is. <laughs> Freaking, and like, let's put it in your mouth and let it melt. Of course, that's a dumb idea. Like, is it's too cold? That's the whole problem with that. Well, he went on
2: to explain that most people, they take a spoonful or a mouthful of ice cream and they let it warm in their mouths without even thinking about it. We all do this. We let it kind of warm in our mouths. We have, we all have different amounts or lengths of times that we we hold it in our mouths. Until it reaches a perfect temperature for each individual. So, ultimately, the perfect temperature for your beer is whatever
1: you say it is. That's a crappy answer.
0: I thought that was dumb too. <laughs> well,
2: I got hey, I got that from a brewer. He was the head brewer.
1: That's why I want to know what brewery we're talking about.
2: <laughs> uh you I I'll give you a clue. We've actually been in it together. Okay. I, I actually asked him uh and we were together. Okay. Um it was when we were in um P and W. What's the name of the place? The oh,
1: Wild? Oh yeah. Oh wait, Deschutes or, or the or the one in, in uh in Redmond? In Redmond. Oh Redmond, yeah, that was um What's the name of a Uh
0: don't, don't look at me. I don't even drink beer.
1: Wild <laughs> ride, wild ride, wild, wild yeah, ride, something or like Rome it. wild or
2: something like that.
0: Something like that. That was a great place, though. I <laughs> hey. liked it. It was fun.
2: I enjoyed fun. the food and the drinks. Yeah. yeah. I was with some crazy people, but
1: I don't know. <laughs> no like.
2: <laughs> okay, guys, we're going to end the show with. Uh, a random list. All right, this week's random list is Autumn's Best Foliage Train Rides. A listener said they couldn't manage driving. Uh we, we, uh, me and Candy did a show and we gave a bunch of places to go to see the fall colors. Yeah. But a listener said they couldn't manage driving that long due to a bad back. And they asked about other overland options for seeing fall foliage. So I came up with trains. And some of these trains will take you even deeper into the mountains and forest than your vehicle ever could. Uh, Some stop for photo opportunities along the way and some even go a lot even further than that with the amenities that uh, come along. But my solution for someone who couldn't Uh, sustained such a long ride to enjoy the fall foliage was train rides and we're going to give what are some of the best train rides I think for that for fall foliage Uh, the first one I have and something tells me you've done this one Mike it's the Amtrak Vermonter from St. Albans Vermont that's a daily route through some of the nation's best fall foliage uh, it actually extends all the way to at least D.C., right? I know uh, it goes to, I should. I
1: think it goes to D.C., yep. Yep, yeah,
2: to Washington, D.C. And depending yeah. upon when you take that ride, that whole ride all the way to D.C. might be a beautiful fall foliage ride, but I'm only talking about Vermont. Yep. Uh, another thing about that particular train is, uh, They've got great Wi-Fi on these trains because they, you have a lot of business people. You'll see like famous people on the, on the section from DC to Connecticut going mm-hmm. to like, uh, different business, major businesses. And, uh, you'll see like notable, uh, TV personalities going to their jobs It's yeah. is kind of crazy. Uh, the next one is, uh, the Conway Scenic Railroad in North Conway, New Hampshire,
1: and I've done that one too. <laughs>
2: yes. So, so talk about that,
1: Mike. Another, that's out there, by the way. That's that's pretty remote. So, in fairness, you got to you got to drive to it. So, I mean, what you're talking about
2: so if you go to the White Mountains, the Cacamungos, I always get the road.
1: Kangamangas.
2: Kangamangas. Okay, highway splits the mountains, yeah. and when you get all, almost to the end, there's a little town uh, called Conway, which is yeah. pretty. Uh, it's pretty residential for in town. town. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's the place I suggest you take it. I don't even know where the other place is that you take it. Uh, uh cause and it stops midway.
1: I remember. Yeah, you're right. But while you're on that area, uh, take the, you can take the uh, train to uh, the uh, uh, Mount Washington too.
2: Oh yeah, I've done that one too. Uh, shorter, so that's good that you mentioned that much shorter. Uh, so yeah, that's a good one too. You you got something in that area you want to mention? You ha- you have a look on your face. <laughs>
0: Oh, if you're talking to me, yeah, there's uh, in on the East Coast, there's actually a uh, fall foliage cruise. Uh, if you don't want to do a train, there's actually a cruise out of New York off Manhattan. Um, and it's called the fall foliage cruise. Um, it's on Saturdays and Sundays in the afternoon and it goes up the Hudson and it's about three and a half hours. You go by the Statue of Liberty and um, it's actually very. um. Very frugal for what it is. It starts at forty five dollars, and it's only sixty bucks. And uh, that sixty bucks will get you into VIP seating and a hot dog if you want it with a glass of wine.
1: That is a great price because it's probably about a quarter of what it's going to cost you to park. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> we were talking about that earlier.
2: <laughs> Wait a minute, a quarter? That's only fifteen dollars. You can, where can you park for fifteen dollars in New York? No, I.
1: The, the fares uh, is a quarter of the parking is going to be uh, one hundred and eighty bucks. Yeah, and
2: and you better live in new york because you're gonna have to pay to get across that damn bridge
1: Right, but but candy's right that that is super scenic because as you go up the hudson um people don't realize it's actually not very developed along the hudson so it's a it's it's really scenic yeah
2: as you get toward bear mountain uh you get there during the right week of the season. You can't distinguish that from any of the other great places for fall foliage and how oh. dense it is. Yeah. <laughs> the next one I had on my list was the Blue Ridge Scenic Railway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never taken it, but I, I know the route it takes and I've taken similar routes driving. Matter of fact, with you guys, so any train that's going through the Blue Ridge, <laughs> it's got to be a winner, in my opinion. That's why I have it so high, sight unseen. Yeah. Have either of you guys taken that train?
1: I've taken the train either. driven yeah. see, through there too.
0: Plenty of times.
2: <laughs> and the, the next one I had was Mount Washington, which you already mentioned. My next one is the Catskill Mountain Railroad which is one of my favorites. I almost don't want to admit to the existence of this one because this is one of the ones where you can still kind of go to. It's still homey, small, everything that you want. Old school about it's still there. The guy is dressed a certain way, everything.
1: Delete that right off the podcast. That's my favorite one too. So just delete that. Don't don't tell anybody.
2: (laughs) So talk about the area. Have you ever checked out the area?
1: Gaskills, Mm -hmm. yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. I've driven through all through there too. In addition to taking the train, but that's a that's like a it's another I would call it an unknown because of the proximity to what what people think of New York and what Mm -hmm. people think in the proximity to it. It is nothing like being anywhere near New York.
2: Oh, it doesn't even seem like a a north. If if I just dropped you there, you wouldn't even think you're in the north. You think you maybe are in North Carolina. Yeah, I um, I literally debated on whether I wanted to mention this because I have on my East Coast swings taking this. You never see it on my Instagram or anything because I can take it. It's a quick ride. They bring you back. I can go, and there's not a lot of crowds. I didn't hear you go. Say it again.
1: Back in time. That that's the other thing. It's it's kind of cool.
2: Those were the words I was looking for. It that's the one that's most back in time. And the last one on my list is, uh, silver the Silverton Railroad, and uh, I'm sorry, not the Silverton Road. What's the name of the damn thing? Silverton, isn't it?
1: Silverton? Uh,
2: um, no, that's that's another one. There is one in Silverton, and that's cool. But mine was the Rocky Mountaineer. It's from a Canadian mm-hmm. company. They're a Canadian rail tour company based in Vancouver. Now, you're you got- talking about
0: the Rockies to the Red Rocks.
2: Right. They've got four. But the mm-hmm. one we're talking about is the Rockies. So talk about that.
0: The Rockies to the Red Rocks uh, goes between Moab and Denver with an overnight stop in Glenwood Springs. Um, and, and of course, Glenwood Springs is known for their hot springs and whitewater rafting. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's supposed to be beautiful and um It goes through the tunnel district. So of the the canyon, which has got 30 train tunnels through there, which go back to the turn of the century. So it's supposed to be an amazingly beautiful piece of railway.
2: Well, this is one that made my list that I have not done because of all the beautiful videos that I've seen. I do know the areas that this goes through and it's just no way that this couldn't be excellent. And then when I read about all the amenities and things that you can do Mm -hmm. as offshoots from the actual train ride, I mean, this could be a whole planned out trip and nothing else.
0: You may want to mention that it's seasonal as well. It's only available April through October.
2: Okay. So y'all heard that, right? What's the,
1: uh, there's one that's like Montana, Idaho too. Um, Anybody know the name of that one? Because that's pretty scenic as well. And they get foliage there as well. I can't remember the name of it. I'm trying to remember where. That's another
2: one that I haven't done. I originally had it on my list and I took it off. Um, But I I haven't done it.
0: I've got the Georgetown Loop Railroad. uh, uh, It's a historical piece of railway. And it's, again, it's in Colorado. Um, it is, it's from the 1880s and it's a loop. And so they actually have in, in September it starts and it's called the fall colors train and you can, you know, book your stuff and go. And, um, later in October, they have pumpkin fest train and autumn fest train as well. At which point they incorporate free beer samples from the local breweries in the area around Colorado. So
2: I mean, <laughs> Did you say West Virginia or Wyoming, Mike? No, you said something about Idaho to to Wyoming.
0: I think Montana. I thought you said Montana.
2: I thought I originally had that on my list, and I'm looking for it, but I don't see it. Anyway, people know how people. We've taught people how to find out. They can just go on Google search, right? That's right.
0: <laughs> Self-sufficiency. That's what we're teaching them.
2: <laughs> exactly. We don't We don't want to give you a fish. We want to teach you how to get
0: your own. That's right. So another another piece of, of really pretty ra- uh, railway in autumn actually might be something that you wouldn't think. Um, it's Amtrak and it's the California Zephyr and it starts in San Francisco. But you can actually and it goes all the way into Chicago. So, there is a stretch through Tahoe National Forest and through the um, the Sierra Nevada Mountains where you can see the fall foliage. But if you want to continue on more toward um, Chicago, you want to do the whole thing. Um, you can catch the the uh, the International Balloon um, Festival in Albuquerque in the second week of October. If if uh, that's something that you'd like to check out too, it's a it's a very pretty route.
2: So, the Zephyr that you're talking about it has a different name when it goes from Seattle to Chicago. I can't think of th- that portion of the route mm-hmm. uh but I should have had that on my list. Shame on me uh that's a and not just for fall foliage that's a if you ever want to uh travel to the West Coast and be able to stop because there's excellent stops you know it stops mm-hmm. right at Glacier and a lot of other places.
1: That might be the one that I'm talking about. That's Idaho, Montana. I think it goes through there. I think okay. it's.
2: That makes sense to me. That mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah. And you can. I would suggest if you do it to get one of those uh, rooms where you have like a little bed. Mm-hmm. Don't don't go all out and get the expensive one. Get the get the least. Because <laughs> there's not much variance in them. No. Except the price. Uh, Yeah, I should have had that on my list. And another thing about that particular one, the stop in Seattle and the stop in Chicago, those train stations are worth the visits within themselves.
1: Yeah, I haven't been to the one in Seattle, but the Chicago one is amazing. Yes.
2: And the very first one we talked about that goes all the way to down, down to D.C., it stops in D.C. and New York. If you've never been in the D.C. train station or the New York train station. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa is right. Yeah, Those
1: Maybe. are the
2: cl- those are the closest things that you're going to see to the architecture of train stations when you go into Europe.
1: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say it looks like you're in Europe.
2: Mm-hmm. Close.
0: Whenever It's back- still
2: not even as big as some of those train stations.
0: Some of the train stations I know are really beautiful. Whenever we backpacked Oregon in 2013, we actually took the uh, the Coastal Starlight and we ate at the Portland train station. We actually had an excellent meal there. So it's not it it wasn't something I thought that you could do. It, it was actually my first experience doing that. And uh, it was it was it was really beautiful. Actually, the architecture, like you said, is was gorgeous.
2: So Amtrak needs to get their naming and nomenclature together. Because the starlight, isn't that a portion of the Zephyr?
0: The coastal starlight goes from Los Angeles all the way up into Vancouver. You can actually cross the Canadian border on the coastal starlight.
2: See, (laughs) see, I I don't know which one is which, but they all follow on those same train tracks. They need to get that straight. Mm
0: -hmm. Because
2: I'm always confused. (laughs) Because when you get to Seattle, you can go into Vancouver or you can take the (laughs) one that continues to Chicago.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: I have to did like that,
0: did that used to be the super chief?
2: I think like so. Like back in the
0: day back in the day so. wasn't that the super chief yeah
2: I, I I don't know for a fact and it goes back to what I'm saying it, it's it, it's too many variances of names on that put on the on that route for me cool stuff I'm, though I'm, I'm slow yeah. <laughs> I only I wanted to mention one in my my home state and it's not necessarily a fall foliage train, but the Hood River Valley train excursion. It takes you through the autumn scenery of of, of the gorge during the fall. And I think that's a very beautiful train ride. Um, So I don't have it on my list, but I suggest it. If we're done with that, go ahead. What did you say? I'm sorry.
1: Sounds like a good list. Either way. Get out on Google and look up your own things.
2: (laughs) There you go. So, guys, what are your plans for the next couple of weeks? I know, uh, Candy, you said you're in deep. Get your rig together mode.
0: Yep. That's happening right now. Right now. I'm trying to get it together for moon landing. So fingers crossed that it makes it because the conversion can take three weeks. They said. Mm-hmm.
2: So Mike, mm-hmm. I've been trying to convince her to come out on the East coast. You, you'll be at expo, right?
1: Yeah. I'm in the same boat as candy. I'm attempting to try. I, I'm pretty much attempting to do the impossible. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be, uh, I'm not promising anything to anybody, really. But uh, <laughs> the plan is is that I'm going to be at Overland Expo East in uh, what amounts to be uh, we're down to about uh, twenty two three days, right. and uh, and then I will be at Moon Landing, which is in about uh, you know, I don't know thirty eight days, uh, whatever that is. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how I'm going to make either one.
0: I'm going to be cutting it close. I know that. I may even get there a day late after it starts. Because for me, from here, where moon landing is, is only a day's drive. So if it's Friday, I'm driving. I'm going. And I'll be there. <laughs> even if I'm late.
2: Well, I plan on going to uh, Expo and I plan on going to moon landing. So.
1: You're going uh, to moon I thought you were going to... I thought you were going to the rooftop.
2: I'll uh, b- b- uh, be at moon landing but uh answering uh sometimes you have obligations to do things
1: i'm glad that um yeah you'll be there now phil so i don't my the pressure's off so you can always represent the podcast uh, no <laughs> uh we'll see i am uh, at, in, in all seriousness tomorrow i'm gonna be on uh wfsb channel three here in connecticut um so uh, I'm doing a segment on overlanding van life and uh, being sort of uh, in tailgating. So I'm, I'm demoing some Tembo Tusk products uh, tomorrow on TV here. And uh, it's an opportunity to, at the same time, since all of Connecticut is going to be watching, well, maybe not, but uh, they'll be seeing the truck live, <laughs> Uh, on TV, so I guess I'm going to have to let it go and let everybody else around the country see it at, at the same time. So you'll be getting a picture, at least, of the truck in 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 all its fullness because I've been kind of sneak peeking parts of it to uh, on social media. So that's happening. Uh, so,
0: so the most entertaining part of that that I've seen of your sneak peek was your roto packs that makes you an official overlanding rig. <laughs> I
1: got the roto packs on the back because. You know, for the truck that has a, a fuel tank capacity of uh, let's see, one hundred twenty gallons. You definitely need the extra two and a half gallons on the rear. Uh, but Especially
0: even if it's not diesel. It's for oh. the <laughs> two hundred
1: and forty miles on the motorcycle, so it's worth it. Uh, <laughs> sneak peeks, but uh, tomorrow the truck is coming out, and uh, and actually more exciting. Uh, probably at the end of this week, I'm moving into it. So I'll be moving. I'll be back officially back in a truck on the road, probably by the end of this week.
0: Congratulations.
2: Well, if everything goes right with me, I'll be debuting a new vehicle and a something going along with the new vehicle. So.
1: Expo East.
2: At Expo East.
1: Okay. Your big big exposé, boy! I tell you, all these debuts of things coming out. Oh boy! They might, we might, we might, we might be coming in with the same uh, on the same tow truck. Who knows what's going to happen?
2: <laughs> well, I didn't say how I was getting there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna how I'm gonna get from Virginia to New Mexico in what amounts to not a lot of time, really. Wait, no, a minute, to,
2: from Virginia to New Mexico. Oh, I keep forgetting you You go a whole different pace. Yeah.
1: Well, it's not only the pace, it's also I have to stop in St. Louis on the way across to do a service on the truck and check it with the at Midwest Military. So I've got to make, which is not a huge detour. It's just a minor little bump out of I 40, I guess, right? But, mm-hmm. um, It's a lot. It's a lot because we don't usually roll out of Expo until, you know, Monday-ish at some point. And technically, moon landing kind of gets going on, you know, I don't know, probably Wednesday to Thursday-ish. So that's not a lot of time. I don't care what kind of speed you drive.
0: (laughs) Did you you see that? um, I think I suspect, strongly suspect that because of our departure time, from East last year, they actually now have a mandatory time that you have to be gone by on Monday morning. They kick you out. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. I think I'm signed up for Expo East at all. In the, fairness. The,
2: the guys that were cleaning up were starting to pack up and leave.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, now, now you have to be gone from the grounds by 11 o'clock on Monday.
1: Okay. Well, if I'm making New Mexico I will be gone from the grounds by then. In fact, I I, I almost have to try to head out on Sunday afternoon later, even mm-hmm. to drive time in. I don't know. We'll see.
2: I don't care who does it, but um, everybody doesn't always know everything that we're talking about. That's right. So, somebody speak on this. Why are we all so eager to go to this place called Moon Landing? Is it a place? What is it?
1: It's in the desert. It's west of uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Probably a couple hours outside of Albuquerque, and it's um, it's in a very remote part of New Mexico. What what are we looking down? At? We're looking down I here. No,
2: where I just pointed my finger, I plan on having some information there.
1: Continue. And it happens to correspond with a uh, eclipse weekend as well. Uh, solar eclipse, and um, it is on a uh, dark sky, uh, contiguous to a dark sky uh, park, correct? area. we are.
2: So why are we so anxious to go?
1: Because there's going to be potentially a thousand overland nomad van life people hanging in one location.
0: And we're not working we're just being we're just chilling out we're all relaxing together hanging out having a good time and we're not working we just have an opportunity to just be together and i think that's why that's why i can't wait to go we can just all like hang out and chill and just be together
1: i for the record am not at overland expo east either
2: well i think that the moon landing is probably going to be one of the most exciting events that I have attended this whole entire calendar year.
0: Okay. So, Why have, is
2: that? I have high ex- because I went to his other event, Josiah, who throws these events.
0: Well, we were um, both there.
2: Right. We went to, to Holy Toledo.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I loved it. I agree. From what everybody's <laughs> telling me, the moon landing is so much more than Holy Toledo. It's unfair to compare them. Okay. So I'm all
1: in. I think it's his largest event, probably likely be his second second largest event, maybe even close to the biggest one, um, which he does down in um, Baja.
2: And you guys have probably figured it all re- out already, but I'm I'm kind of like a closet nerd, and. <laughs> I like the whole aspect of we'll we'll be there for the uh, solar eclipse. Mm -hmm. I love that.
1: We're putting out a full moon landing logo thing with my truck on it. So watch for that.
2: I'm looking for Mm -hmm. that. And I meant to tell you, could you say the station time and whatever again for tomorrow? When this goes out, it will have already aired, but they'll at least be able to reference it.
1: Uh, it'll be online. They'll put it online anyway, so you can watch it after the fact. Right. It's free uh, Connecticut WFSB out of Hartford.
2: All right. I'm going to check it out, man. I might even check so- it out live. What time does it come on?
1: Three Eastern. So that would be uh, noon, you.
2: I might be up by then. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know who else is
0: going to be at Moon Landing, Phil? I'm listening. Uh, Jared- Nomadic Body Works.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. So, talk talk about that.
0: That is a that was a gift that Phil gave me. It was a surprise. He comes over after having something done and he's like, come with me. Okay. Just blindly went with him, just followed him. And we went to uh this lady outside of the van, uh nomadic body works. And she was given massages all weekend. I think she was the busiest van, the busiest vendor out of everybody there. And she did the most amazing just body work because it's massage energy and herbalism. So it was very different. Um, I've never had, I I've never had that kind of massage before and it was incredible. I was so relaxed afterwards. It was only 10 minutes, mind you. Okay. We go to spas and get massages and stuff. This was amazing. And I'm totally, I'm going to be the first one in line. book her whenever uh, whenever i get there i'll be like all right where's she at (laughs) i need to go visit her because this is going to happen every day
2: so mike this lady was at uh holy toledo oh she was Uh, and i had it in my mind that i wanted a massage because they were like 20 bucks or something like that they were so cheap yeah and i so i got the massage The massage felt so good. I went searching for everybody I knew to bring them over there to get a massage. That's how good they were. And I was in good. I was in a good mood. I had been drinking and eating and sleeping late. So it was nothing wrong with me. But everywhere she touched me, it seemed like after she touched me, I realized, oh, I had some some stress there. I had uh, some tightness there. I didn't feel it before until after she released it. So I thought that was just crazy. So I'm glad well, you like that.
1: After my 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 destroyed summer here, of every part of my body is aching at this point. Um, I, I, maybe I, I might book her forty times in one weekend.
0: <laughs> I highly recommend it for sure.
2: Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you she because she she earned it for sure. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. She she's amazing. She yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah but so. it, it, but it's a different kind of massage I forgot uh what she calls it. it's it's not like a regular massage at all
1: mm-hmm. 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 so if you're listening to our podcast right now moon landing October 12
0: starts October 12th and goes all weekend
1: New Mexico look it up a lot of people are going to be there. A lot of people I know in the Overlanding and Van Life community are going to be there. A lot of people that you've probably seen on YouTube, there's going to be a lot of people there that you're going to recognize.
2: And I would like so, to go a little deeper into what you just said. You you don't mean like uh, business minded people. It's not going to be like a bunch of vendors there to sell you stuff. You don't mean like content yeah. c- creators who are just famous, who haven't been anywhere or anything. What? Be more specific.
1: This is not about flag flying and vendor rows and uh, classrooms and all this stuff. It is about hanging out, relaxing, socializing, meeting people, uh, engaging with people. Like you just said, like massage. Maybe you want to get a tattoo. Maybe you want to listen to some music. Uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, you know a bar set up. That's just it's just it's just chill. Um, and that's the big thing. It's not a pressure situation. You come and and if you are at all intimidated by what you think in your mind is going to be an event like this, you're wrong. Oh, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> broad range of people of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all mm-hmm. kinds of vehicles. There's no discrimination whether you're driving a, a van or an overland rig or a, a, a Subaru or or uh, whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is.
2: If you are uncomfortable with this crowd you're probably a boo <laughs> and I meant that
1: yep and make it a trip because like it's been mentioned that's also around the time of the uh the hot the hot air balloon festival in uh Albuquerque so uh, it's the next weekend. Right. There's a lot going on. So I will be at that as well. Cause I will be in the New Mexico area. Um,
0: okay. I don't want to misquote. <laughs>
1: right though. It's right around. And,
2: and when you find whatever you find, I want you to st- I want you to make a point of telling people that this balloon festival that you're talking about in Albuquerque, it's not just some little local, uh, Balloon Festival that they'd be going to. World famous. Mm -hmm. It's one of the largest balloon festivals in the entire world. It's a world notable event.
0: So it begins Saturday, October 7th and ends October 15th. So it's not the weekend after, but the weekend before and all during the week.
2: There's, I'd say about a 70% chance. That if you've ever seen a video or pictures of where the sky is completely full of balloons, that footage or or picture was probably taken at the balloon fiesta because there's very few balloon events that have enough balloons to have created those images. Mm -hmm. How does somebody find you, Candy?
0: Chicks do it too. Instagram, YouTube, a little bit of TikTok. A little bit, spread a little bit all over.
2: What about you, Mike?
1: Right there.
0: Oh, (laughs) imagine
2: that. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything anybody wants to say before we go?
1: It's good to see you
2: guys. I'm excited.
1: Be on the road and I'll see you out there.
2: All right, everybody. You know what I'm going to say. Stay safe, tread lightly, and hopefully we'll see you here or on a trail soon.
1: You have been listening to Waypoint Overland's Random Waypoints. Like, subscribe, and stay tuned for more.